0: Hey everybody, how y'all doing? Welcome back to season three of Everybody's Homegirl with me, your favorite homegirl, Tracy Cass. I'm excited to have you back because I have some great guests and content planned that I know you all will enjoy. So let's get to it. On today's episode, I am joined by none other than Rob Abs. Rob is the lead guitarist for the infamous Dallas-Fort Worth band, Natural Change. As a member of the band, he brings electricity-induced solos and showmanship to the stage. Rob is well-versed in rock, funk, jazz, country, and gospel. He has also recorded and performed with nationally recognized artists such as Kirk Franklin, Yolanda Adams, George Clinton, Raheem Devon, Kelly Price, Richard Smallwood, Kenny Lattimore, Anthony Hamilton, and Mariah Carey. This is one episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned and enjoy. Last season, I started doing these little segments before the show. I usually had some type of rant, talked about pop culture, or tried to say something inspirational. I'm keeping the segment, but changing it up a bit. This season, I'm going to bring you a story or two about my family and growing up on the South Side of Fort Worth. Let's call them South Side Chronicles. Why? Because I come from a family of storytellers Trios in a way most of them are gone and I miss them so this is my way to honor them and y'all know me I might change my mind because I'm a Libra and that's what I do so here we go the first Southside Chronicle when I was a kid my mother had what we used to call a component set it was an old-school stereo system it was made of some type of brown plywood and it was divided into three parts so the record player you know the one with the needle could see it in the middle the radio sat underneath and the speakers two big woofers were on either side man we loved that thing and my mama had all the bum ass albums i mean everything gladys the temptations diana ross al green marvin Gaye, michael jackson the jackson five the whispers ltd the ojs she had them all my favorite was stevie wonder songs in the key of life on top of the albums my mama bought my sisters were teenagers at the time and they bought albums too shaka khan earth wind and fire the gap band the commodores atlantic star midnight star m2 may Mars Day in the Time, Tina Marie, and Rick James. We had some bangers in the collection at nine twelve. We wore that shit out of that component set so much it started leaning to the side. One day my granny, was, who was notorious for throwing shit away, did just that. <laughs> she threw that bad boy away. It was sitting on the curb. And I can't remember what happened to all the albums. I think she threw them away, too, although I'm not sure why. Well, after the interview with Rob, I was flooded with a ton of memories from my childhood, including this one. Memories of my uncles, my mama, and my granny. You see, I was introduced to music at a young age by my family. However, other than my mama and my sister, Sandy, no one else in the family could sing or play an instrument. But they loved music and many of my favorite memories centered around us watching a concert or video on TV and my uncle saying stuff like, man, that's a bad boy. Well, that girl can sing (laughs) memories of us watching the Blues Brothers simply because Aretha was in it or stories that my uncles told like the time that my mama went to see James Brown in concert and he handed her his tie. Well, my Uncle James got hold of the tie, ironed it, and wore that shit for a full year before washing it. (laughs) We heard these stories over and over every year, and every time we heard them, we laughed like it was the first time. So without knowing it, my interview today reminded me of how powerful music can be. Music was one of the things that brought my family together, bonding us, and building relationships that last forever music you see builds community my granny my aunt and my uncles are all gone now the only one left is Pat Cass my mama but till this day we still laugh at the same stories we still cackle at the same jokes and every time I hear Gladys Knight I remember that she was my uncle's Uncle Billy's girlfriend in his head and my heart swells because I miss them but music and my memories remind me that my family is with me forever. And for that, I am grateful. Now, let's get to the show. Hi, Rob. <laughs>
1: well, hello. How are you? I'm great. It's good to see you. Good to see you too. How was your weekend? It was. It was long. It was. It was great. It was fun and it was long.
0: <laughs> That's good. Uh, I guess to my listeners, I need to tell who I have on the show today. I have a special guest. I have Mr. Rob Apps. He is the guitar player for the phenomenal band Natural Change. And I guess I, most of my guests I have been friends with for a long time, but you. I'm going to consider you my new friend. <laughs> I've seen you perform around town and at a local church with one of my friends, Tiffany. And I was talking to her one day and telling her I was trying to get another artist on the show, but he didn't contact me back, which is cool. I understand. And she was telling me she knew you. And I was like, do you think he would come on the show? Because I know how the community loves your performance. And I've seen you guys perform. I was like, he'd be a great guest. And she was like, let me reach out to him and see. She made the connection and you graciously accepted. So I want to thank you for that.
1: Oh yeah, no, my pleasure. pleasure.
0: (laughs) I guess i give a brief bio. Um, You are a graduate of Eastern Hills High School, Howard Mm -hmm. University. Um, You're a musician, educator behavioral psychologist and a church musician correct yes okay yes. did i miss anything uh,
1: no that's pretty much <clears throat> that's pretty much it in a nutshell mm-hmm. uh, uh yes so
0: <laughs> would you like to add anything
1: no um uh, that's that all of that that keeps me keeps me busy that's it, it. Uh, it really keeps me busy and uh i have to schedule times to try to get some rest in Uh, and then working with uh, the church and different churches in the area uh, that keeps me quite busy as well and and with the group we stay busy Um, and then it may be an artist that's in town and uh, we may perform with them or I may perform with them so uh, I'm I'm good (laughs) we're gonna talk a little
0: bit about all that I guess I want to start talking a little bit about your background how did you get started in music
1: well, uh, that would have been, I think I was probably about five when, uh, I was leading the choir, uh, that was Program Valley Baptist church. And that was back in the day we would, we would march in. And so I was the smallest one. So I was in the front and I marched in and, and uh, I remember leading a song, you know, back in the day. Um, I actually, my first instrument is actually piano. Oh, okay. And, uh, I got piano, but it just, nothing ever happened. There were no fireworks, but I wanted to play the guitar. Okay. And I finally got a guitar. I don't even remember how old I was. I was, I was so small. I remember the guitar cost $30. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a lot of money, you know, <laughs> uh, back then. And uh, so I, I tried to, you know, I picked that up and uh, started playing that and I would put it down and pick it back up. Um, and then picked up the bass because i started playing in church and uh uh, in a church setting most most of the time you're going to have a a bass player before you have a a a lead guitar player so that's how that kind of worked out so started playing for different churches i was pretty young uh probably about 12 or 13. okay but my first gig was at 12 Ten or twelve, at the Bluebird, and that's in Como, off of Horn Street, and uh, that was my first gig. And then I think I, I started playing in churches, different churches. Uh, Mount Mount Tabor Baptist Church, uh, Pastor Bowman. Um, they were they were always great to me and, and helped me out. Uh, didn't have transportation. I was a kid. They would come pick me up. Wow. And and bring me to church, um, and. Uh, so that's kind of how it really started. So, and, and, I, and I played jazz uh, periodically and I love rock. I love all genres of music, um, but I, just having that good foundation, I think has helped me out as, as an adult male, mm-hmm. having a good foundation because, you know, you see different things when you're out, you're uh, presented with different situations. And when you have that great background, it helps you make good decisions.
2: Good.
0: Um, What was it about the guitar that made you want to play that instrument?
1: Mm, I think the way it looked, uh, you know, I remember seeing like B.B. King, um, my family members, they love the blues. um, And it just it did it did something to my my soul in a good way, Mm -hmm. Um, Jimi Hendrix, um, and I used to, I had a tennis racket, and I remember messing around with the tennis racket like it was a guitar, (laughs) I I remember that like it was yesterday, and I kept asking, I remember asking every day, and I know they were sick of me, my grandparents, and my mom, they were sick of me asking, and they finally went and got me that, that $30 guitar, (laughs) oh my god, yeah, I I remember, like, it was just, I think it was just, so nothing happened on the piano. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh,
1: It was just, it would just sit there. It was collecting dust. But I think it was a thing of, it's what I really wanted. It -hmm. was, you know, you hear about that burning, burning desire. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And, uh, you know, but let me be honest. I put Mm -hmm. it down. So as a youth, I put it down. You know, I would do sports. Uh, I may put it down for a whole year. Um, And I was playing I'm gonna be honest with you, I was, I thought I was a jock, I thought I was a big time athlete. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, I had to, you know, come to grips with that, that, you know, you're not gonna get a scholarship. It was my high school band director who busted my bubble.
0: What did he say? How did he bust your bubble?
1: Oh, he cracked my face. (laughs) Name Charles Watts. We we recently had his, uh, his funeral was a couple of months ago. And uh, but he another great mentor towards me with me, and he busted my bubble. Look here, you're not going to get a scholarship in athletics, but you can get a scholarship in music. And once I let that sink in, I was like, I think he's right. Okay, because I had, I guess, I pretty much had stopped growing, and then everybody else was, you know, getting Mm -hmm. bigger and bigger, and you know. The risk of injuries and things of, of that nature, um, you know, the head injuries, which is, which wasn't uh, uh, b- brought to the forefront back then, but mm-hmm. it is now. So I, I think I made the right decision. Um, and I remember I used back in the day, you we used to ride bikes and stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. I remember severely hurting my wrist and I couldn't play for about a year. And so that was maybe another time that I put the guitar down, but yeah, baseball, football, running track, uh, you know, tennis, everything. I was just, you know, always, we were always outside,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, back in the day. So, uh, so let's circle back around. So what was your initial question? You answered it.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was, uh, what did he say to bust your bubble? <laughs> but I yeah, guess I... I'm,
1: yeah, he, he was like, <laughs> you're not going to get a scholarship <laughs> in athletics. So, but, and he pretty much, it made me a guarantee, and and it came true.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, scholarship to Howard, uh, uh, full scholarship to to Weatherford College, and let me say this. Okay. When I say full scholarship, that's not just like a partial scholarship, which which is great. Any kind of help, monetary help is great, but full scholarship meaning all tuition paid, housing, which can be astronomical, and meal plan. So there was no need.
0: So you got a full scholarship to Weatherford College and Howard University.
1: Yeah, Howard, Howard University. There were a few things I had to pay for at Howard. I think I had to pay for my housing at Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that was you know still a great help. You know getting yeah. getting scholarship money to, to to Howard. Um, but yeah, um, he was he was right. He was right. And uh, but he was laid to rest recently and. And I and I think about uh him and, and how he's helped me almost every day though. Charles Watts. That's what director I, Houston Hills.
0: Yeah. Wow. Listen, go ahead, four sd <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so you talked about your band director and a little bit about BB King. What other musical influences did do you have?
1: Um Lightning Hopkins. Um uh, my grandfather loved Lightning Hopkins. He's a blues uh, player. Mm-hmm. Blues player, blues player. Um, uh, Albert King, all the Kings. Albert King, Freddie King, um, and as a recent, uh, like Joe Bonamassa, great, great guitar player, great sound. As the, old, the older I get, the more I'm in tune with what I sound like, the tone of the guitar, the tone of the instrument. You know, so and and, and I'm still learning, and and as an educator you know, our credo is, you know, we want to be lifelong learners.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and I and I take that and I use that with music also. So I'm always trying to learn about different types of amps, tubes, electronics, effects. And sometimes I use a lot of effects. Sometimes I'll go old school. Old school is you plug straight into the amp, just like BB King, Albert King, you cut it all the way up and you let everything, uh, uh, just let everything go i love it
0: so do you play the acoustic guitar or is that a different skill
1: i um it's funny you asked that so when i was at howard mm-hmm. it was mandatory that you study classical guitar so i do play acoustic guitar and i've studied classical guitar uh studied that at howard uh when i was at howard i was in the, the marching band i played trumpet i got a scholarship on trumpet also I played trumpet, uh, there at Howard, marching band. I was in the pep band, which they do all the basketball games and maybe, you know, different political events mm-hmm. or different events. Um, and then uh, the jazz band. So if I had to mention that also. So marching band, pep band, jazz band. And uh, and I was fortunate enough to work at a Church of God in Christ church when I was in B.C., mm-hmm. uh, New Bethel Church of God in Christ. Uh, Sherman Howard was the pastor great mentor they oh man they treated me well i just have
0: fond memories you know that's good so i guess i want to move into where you are now with natural change um i kind of want to shout out the members of the band a little bit tony blaine is the keyboardist and lead vocals paul rogers on the saxophone and byron fuller on drums yes so, are you all friends? How long have you been playing with them? How did the band come to be?
1: Uh, the band has been together almost twenty-nine years. Now, wow. I came in on the back end. Um, do you remember a spot called uh, Brooklyn's mm-hmm. off Lamar? Yeah. Um, I started playing with them. This would have been about two thousand six. Um, and I'm gonna be honest with you. Now, I played jazz and played rock and. Um, all that kind of stuff and so I would say I got a late start Mm -hmm. where maybe some guys started playing it in their 20s I got a late start but I've been trying to make up for lost time so I've been with them uh, since about 2006 I believe and uh, we hadn't hadn't looked back we've just been plowing forward Uh, and we traveled and I mean it. we traveled all over the world.
2: We, I love. We've played it.
1: with a lot of different people, um, and and the traveling has been great, and, and the experience has been great. A bunch of great musicians, and the good thing about us, we push each other. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they they've shown me a lot. I've shown them some things. So and I, it's a great, great friendship, a great working relationship. And we always say it. We're like brothers.
0: Oh, good. I love it.
1: Now, I'm only child. (laughs) uh, So it took me a minute to kind of get acclimated to being around, you know, the fellas and stuff. But now we're brothers.
2: I love it.
0: So in my research, I found that you guys have an album called Four, right? Um, It's it's on iTunes to my listeners. I suggest you all take a listen. It's really good. I was listening before before I got on the call. Um, what was it like to put the album together and how was it
1: received? It, uh, it was received well. Um, we did an uh, album release party. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember the spot, uh, Buttons. I buttons remember and Addison. Buttons.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Buttons and Addison. And we did an album release uh, event there. Um, and uh, it, was a, it was a great experience because it was a culmination of the years of us playing together in the songs were our favorite songs and it was a fairly easy process because we know each other because it's a different process when you bring in musicians that you're not familiar with
2: mm-hmm. we
1: know each other and things went really smoothly in my opinion i've been in the studios with other people, but this was a, it was an easy experience. Um, we knew where we were going musically so. It was it was it was nice uh, and looking forward to doing it again.
0: I was gonna ask, are you guys gonna do more albums?
1: Yes, that is the plan. Um, we've gotta we've gotta find the time to do it. That's true. <laughs> we've gotta find the time to do it, uh, but yes, that's coming. And uh, the next album uh, will be even even better.
0: I like it. So I again in my research, I found like collectively, not saying that you, all of y'all worked with all of these people, but individually and collectively, you've worked with some of the biggest names in music. I saw Tony Terry, Yarbrough and Peoples, my young listeners may not remember them, but (laughs) Phyllis Hyman, Wayman Tisdale, Christopher Williams, my favorite. (laughs) I love him. Um, Mint Condition, I saw that on your page that Latoya Luckett came out to see you guys perform. You personally have worked with Kirk Franklin, Kelly Price, um, Yolanda Adams, Raheem Devon, even George Clinton. So um, you've even performed with Chris Michelle. Can you talk about like how those opportunities came about and maybe who was your favorite artist to work with or what was your most memorable experience?
1: Um. Well, working with, I'll, I'll start with Kirk Franklin. Uh, in the studio, uh, he knows what he wants. He'll tell you what he wants. Very easy to work with
2: mm-hmm. in the studio. Okay. Uh,
1: even live. Um, when, I was, uh, when I was in undergrad, I actually toured with him. And uh, I remember, I did, and I just thought about this. David and Tamil Mann, they were like, Um, they didn't know I was in school and they were they were so encouraging Um, and they have just a great spirit Um, you know David and Tamala man but they were so encouraging to me and I'll never forget that you know they were like continue and finish your schooling you know uh, you know we didn't know that and and they were nice to me um uh, Anthony Hamilton good brother uh nice to work with and let me say this I'm going to mention a few names these people are, are, are so gifted, and they have, uh, you can consider them uh, on, a, on a genius uh, spectrum. Uh, their, their ear is so acute, and they want things done in a precise way. Uh, but like Anthony Hamilton, I mean, his stuff was just so tight. You know, I just, we always say this in music, stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. Stay in your lane. Don't deviate. Now, when he asked me to step out, I did. And then when I got through, if I did a solo, you come on, just bring it on back <laughs> and don't move. You know, uh, Chrisette Michelle, very, very gifted. Uh, she's she's very precise. Um, and, and I've really had good experiences. And it's almost a thing of, and I think about this all the time. It's like, you, you run out of time. You just want okay. If I need, I just need another thirty minutes of prep, another hour of prep. Uh, but maybe that's just me being a musician and striving for perfection. Um, one of the most pleasant experiences: Selena Johnson. Uh, oh, she yeah. had the song um, "Guess What" mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. You remember that song? Mm-hmm. She doesn't need any music. She can sing in perfect pitch any song. Uh, Selena Johnson. Um, I love her.
0: I, I love her music. She's great. She,
1: she's bad. I mean, <laughs> bad, 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 bad.
0: She's underrated, too. <laughs> like, she doesn't get as much, <laughs> I guess, publicity as a, I think but she should. She's really good.
1: You can ask her to sing any song, and she'll sing it. She's like a human ju- uh, jukebox.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, it's unbelievable. Uh, she, she would go right in the audience. What song do you want to hear? And she would sing a perfect pitch and nail it. Uh, Parliament Funkadelic, uh, George Clinton, uh, Chrisette Michelle again. Uh, but Yolanda Adams, very nice person to work with. But that, was, that, that was back in the day. I've done some recordings with Richard Smallwood. He's from D.C. But the recordings were, were down here in Texas back in the okay. day.
0: I love it. I love it. Okay. I guess I want to know of your set, because I've, I've heard you, I was listening today. you play Prince, um, Floyd tree. We talked about this a little bit. Um, maze, what's your favorite song to perform? Is it the same as what the audience, what they like, what they get excited
1: about? I I do like playing Purple Rain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I like playing that song, um, and I may I'll play a song, and I may slide in maybe some Jimi Hendrix um, or uh, Zach Wild, different genres of music in the midst of a, a particular song. Um, my playlist is is crazy. Um, I you know I get on YouTube and I'll. If I'm headed to a gig, I have mm-hmm. to get my mind right. I try to get in the zone before I get to the gig. So when I get to the gig, oh, I'm ready. But I may listen to anything. Uh, Zach Wild, he's a guitar player for Ozzy Osbourne and he has his own thing, um, Black Label Society. Uh, and I may listen to some Norman Brown.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I can't really say there's a particular artist. Uh, now I, I can say this. What's been coming out in my playing lately has been Albert King. Um, not that I could play anywhere near him, but I can hear some little nuances that I've been doing. And um, so I love, you know, I just love a, 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 a broad array of different artists. Okay. And it, and, and, what, and what's funny is I may not try to play it, but just be listening to it. Mm-hmm. It'll come out in your play. I
0: love that. All right, let's kind of take a different direction. We're gonna talk about church a little bit. You also play for a local church, you're the bass player at the local yes, church. Whereas
1: church,
0: bass at church, lead guitar in natural change, correct? Yes, correct. They do two different where the lead guitar, you're more doing solos and you can do more with it. The bass, at least in my understanding, which mm-hmm. is of music, is very minimal. Just, I have an appreciation. So I try to get an understanding of what the instruments do. So the bass is more like a foundational instrument, yes. correct? It gives like the beat along with the yes. drums.
1: Okay. Think of like an anchor or the motor um, and think of bass. When you think of bass, always think of low. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Real low. I Lead love guitar, high.
0: Okay. I always so, do that. It makes sense because that's what I hear because in in the videos you did more higher with the guitar in the performances than you did at church because I watched a couple of those videos as well but Mm -hmm. how do you balance because I think a lot of times we think that church musicians are just up there playing but you're actually serving in ministry so how do you balance serving in ministry and playing professionally is there a conflict with the gospel versus secular realm or you're, or can you like just categorize it? This is what I do on, on Sunday and this mm-hmm. is what I do, you know, professionally.
1: Right, for me, um, it's it's fairly easy now. I mean, I've been doing it for a while, um, but I, <laughs> I joke around, but I'm serious. That last note, Saturday night, Then I transition. I mean that very last note, Mm -hmm. then I transition. I'm getting my my thoughts together, my mind together, getting everything spiritually together to prepare for service Sunday morning. Because I mean, if it's if it's two or three or four o'clock in the morning, when I get home, I'll review the music
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that is to be performed Sunday morning. And then when I wake up again, I'll review it at the house before I get to service just because I want to try to, you know, have everything as perfected as possible. Um, yeah. Now, there was one experience uh, with the church, and I had a full scholarship. That was to Weatherfield, and pastor called me. I need to talk to you, come, you know, come in office. Uh, so, he wanted to talk about me playing uh, jazz music, and then also being a part of the ministry staff at the church, at his particular church, Pentecostal church. And um, he wasn't in agreement with it. And he basically told me, you got to make a choice. Your full scholarship, your education will claim here. Well, and I usually, I'm going to tell you the type of person I am. I take as much time as I need for anything. Most, Most things I can take too long. To make a decision but when that was brought up and it was just he and I in the meeting when that was brought up there was no hesitation because I knew I needed to get my education and I didn't get any scholarships from that particular church so it was a no-brainer you know because you're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and I knew where I wanted to go So he,
0: he, he wanted you to choose between playing in college versus if you, he wanted you to say, if I'm going to play in church, I have to give up this scholarship.
1: Yes. Facts. As the, as the kids say facts. (laughs) I'm laughing
0: uh, at the kids, but that's sad that he even brought that to you like that.
1: Um, And, and I, I got, I received a, a lot of phone calls from uh, the members, you know, apologizing um, because I think they knew how important me getting an education was. Any, not just me, but any mm-hmm. young adult, it's important. But the the thing about that is the next week I was blessed with another church mm-hmm. and they were happy to have me. They were happy to receive me um, and they supported me in my endeavors. And, uh, you know, I, that's important for the church to, to support their own, because when we get that degree, when we go off, when we get that corporate job, whatever job we get, now we can come back and contribute to the church, mm-hmm. you know, be it in a, a mentorship capacity or helping other young adults, Or well, you're going to face this in college, and, you know, I've been down that road, and you can help them out and help them troubleshoot and weed out things, um, so, it's always important to give back, and I'm always thankful of just, just the people that have been in my life that have helped me, you know, uh, get where I am now. Uh, 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 shout out to Ward to Brooks uh, uh, from Fort Worth. Commissioner? He oh, yeah. Commissioner Brooks. Ward yes, Brooks. Oh, man. I oh, stayed man. two
0: doors down from his dad. So, really? I, yeah, <laughs> him and my uncle were good friends
2: off of Evans.
0: <laughs> Oh, Evans and Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm a Fort no, Worth kid too. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Oh, I love it. So when you went to Howard University, you have a scholarship or Howard and Weatherford, you have scholarships in music, but you have a background in behavioral psychology. How did that come about? What made you decide, well, I better major in something you know, more traditional versus music.
1: So what had happened was so I get to Howard Mm -hmm. and I guess it's kind of like if you're playing baseball or football, everybody was somebody for wherever they came from, they were somebody. They Mm -hmm. were the best of the best. And so you all, it's a culmination. Everybody gets there. So when I get there, there were guys, great players. I mean killing it <laughs> and they were on tour. They were getting out playing and some of those guys were dropping out and then I had some old heads pull me to the side. Well, why do you want to major in music? And they, they were making great sense. Why do you want to major in music? All the best players are playing now or on the road. or They're out making money, but they're not music majors. And then I had other friends who weren't music majors who were telling me the same thing. Maybe they were in the school of engineering, they were in the business school, you know, so just dialoguing with other people because, and then it made sense. What are you gonna do with the jazz performance degree? Or what are you gonna do um, with that type of degree?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you're gonna play full time, if you're gonna play full time, if you're gonna play, you're gonna play. Now, it did provide a good foundation um, with the music theory and then um, being exposed to different artists that I may not have been aware of. That was great, but I did end up changing my major. So uh, I was a jazz studies major. That's, so this happened quick. The second semester, I changed my major to occupational therapy. I was gonna be mm-hmm. an occupational therapist and they have a doctoral program. It was one of the only ones in the, in the country at the time. It was at Texas, Texas Women's. They had a, a doctoral program in o- occupational therapy and I considered going there, uh, but I did change my major. Then I changed my major again to African American studies. <laughs> <laughs> so I was African American studies major. It. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I was a music therapy major. When So when I was a music therapy major, that's how I got involved with psychology. Mm-hmm. And then when I got involved with psychology, that was, that was a great, great time and I fell in love with it. Uh, so, and, and I started working, so right before graduating and right when I graduated my undergrad uh, um, and I finished my undergrad at Texas Wesleyan, uh, I started working at a couple of psychiatric hospitals, uh, CPC OPM, Willow Creek Psychiatric Hospital, um, Lee Psychiatric Hospital, Uh, Catholic charities, Mm -hmm. working with with adolescents, kids, working with adults, working with geriatric patients Mm -hmm. with psychological issues. And when I was there, I was a psychiatric counselor. That was my title. Uh, And then I segued that into education. Because one day at the uh, psychiatric hospital, because if you're there and you're a child, you got to go to school, Mm -hmm. the teacher was that. And so I ended up teaching. Now I'm a psychiatric counselor. Teacher was absent. I ended up teaching that day uh, because the teacher was out. And then that light bulb went off. That's how I got an education. Ended up (laughs) getting certified and all that kind of stuff.
0: I love it. So you said you started, you kind of journeyed your way to music therapy, which led to psychology. Does your background in psychology does it impact your music, or vice versa, or are they totally separate?
1: Okay, I'll let me let me go in this direction. Okay. Okay. So, started teaching, and then I taught for five years, and so when I was teaching, um, I was actually still I toured a little bit with Kirk Franklin, mm-hmm. and then uh, I wanted to pro- progress. Educationally, so I was offered a scholarship for my master's degree. Um, Great opportunity, and I would have been a fool to turn it down. So I ended up getting my master's degree in administration. Mm -hmm. Then I became an administrator, uh, assistant principal in Arlington ISD and Fort Worth ISD. So when I was doing that, I was just doing gospel because an administrator, you're the first one there, you're the last (laughs) one to leave. leave. And unbeknownst to me, you know, I was I was working Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, So and and I did that for a couple of years. Now, when I was in Fort Worth ISD, I was at a a secondary school, middle school. Lots of lots of lots of hours, and I got the itch again for music. Mm -hmm. So I started playing with some friends, uh, which is. The band is known today as Intense.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And I started performing with them. And this was on weekends or maybe Fridays sporadically. And I was actually playing bass. And so I think something happened with the guitar player that they had on and ended up starting playing guitar with them. Uh, So I was doing some consulting at DISD. And I'm going to be honest with you. I prayed the prayer. And the prayer was you know lord lead me in the direction that i need to go in. well be careful what you ask for <laughs> so i ended up playing full time and playing quite a bit and the lord opened the door where i was in education and had a schedule that uh, allowed me to do music where before i couldn't do it mm-hmm. because of my schedule but now my schedule regarding education allowed me to, you know, if I have a, a happy hour event, I could get there at six, you right. know, I could get there to be some time where before uh, as a principal administrator, I make there to nine o'clock at night, which, yeah. which happens, especially if you have a game track meet, football game, you know, volleyball game, it, it happens. We are there. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful, you know, Now I I get to do everything that I love and unbeknownst the most, it really keeps me balanced. Balance is very important to me, uh, especially dealing with psychology. Balance is very important um, because I have the church, I I have my jazz, that artistic thing, and then I have the educational component also. Um, And those are the Pretty much, I'm not 100 accurate, but you'll get the gist of it. But those are the components for a Renaissance man:
2: mm-hmm.
1: well versed in uh, arts, uh, spiritually sound, and somebody who's educationally sound. I love. So that's kind of how I
0: Speaking of Renaissance man, when you play, you have like this natural electricity, this flare that I think you are known for. When people talk about the band, they talk about the performance because all of you all are great. But when it Mm -hmm. comes to you playing the guitar, you are known for your flair, but you're also Mm -hmm. known for your flair and fashion. (laughs) Is your fashion, (laughs) is that a reflection of your music or is it the other way around? Like, I guess what I'm saying is, is your fashion a part of your Mm -hmm. performance or is it just who you are? Okay,
1: let me quote Deion Sanders. <laughs> when well, you if look you, good. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, you stole my thing. <laughs> when well, you look good, if you, look you good, play good, good. You feel good. If you feel good, you play good. <laughs> so I always want to play good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are different movies. Right. Um, I don't know if I should say that. If Say it. If I wear, if I wear black, I'm going to say it. If I wear black, you better watch out. <laughs> you better watch. It. Um, but yeah, it's my my mother was a fashionista. Um, let me say it so. Some of my mentors, they were very, very sharp dressers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: People I looked up to, a lot of the pastors that I worked for or worked with, oh, my, very, very sharp dressers. So growing up, you're looking at at people, and you're taking notes mentally. Um, and then some of my uh, people that that I really like, maybe Jimi Hendrix, um, just some of the great guitar players that are out there. Um, I, I like their, I like their style. Mm-hmm. You know, if I put on my if I put on my boots, my cowboy boots, my favorite <laughs> pair of jeans, it's on. You better watch (laughs) I love it.
0: So, Well, I'm going to ask you a couple of fun questions, and then I have one last music question, and we'll wrap up. So you have to choose either or. Pick a person or a thing. And I tried to do my research on guitar players. If you had to pick B.B. King or Jimi Hendrix, which one would it be?
1: Jimi Hendrix.
0: Okay. (laughs) I can see that. (laughs)
1: Me here. I, and I, I shouldn't have wore this shirt today because, oh, man. <laughs> no, nah, he looks great.
0: Carlos Santana or Eric Clapton? Neither one. Oh, really? <laughs> neither one. Those were the <laughs> only two that I knew. I was like, I recognize them. <laughs> why neither? Who would you replace I, those two with? Well, tell me why neither one. And then who would you replace them with?
1: I have to be politically correct.
0: Well, yeah, in our jobs, I guess. (laughs) Um, We still work full-time gigs.
1: Right. Now, okay. (sighs) And so it's funny you mentioned those two. I'm going to answer it this way. Um, Some of the stuff Eric Clapton did with cream. Oh, my. It's it's, it's nice. Mm -hmm. So if I had to pick, I would pick Eric Clapton okay uh, but i i mean i like i do like santana um but i'm going to i'm going to leave it at i'm going to leave it at neither so if i had to replace one of them i would replace i would replace both of them with with albert king and freddie king okay um the reason i say that we and i've been i've been it's on me too. It's, it's, it's been my fault. I have to acknowledge where it came from. Mm-hmm. Eric Clapton, he got it from somewhere. Yeah. Carlos Santana got it from somewhere. So it comes about. Um, we have to know our history, right? So that's where I, you know, um, they're they're getting getting it just like Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. Where did he get it from? right you know little richard always used to say what i'm the original they stole it from me you know so maybe it it comes from that
0: okay i love Um, that because mm -hmm. i'm like i don't know a lot of guitarists. those are the two that i knew because they were popular other than bb king i knew bb king and i just learned who buddy guy was like right before I called you and I'm like man I I can't remember what it might have been on Netflix and they Mm -hmm. did a documentary and I'm just like wow he's rarely heard of but he's worked with some of the biggest names out there and he's influenced lots of people so I love that you shared that because I hadn't heard of Freddie King or Albert King until you got on the call so now I have to go do my
1: research he he could play behind his back and playing with his teeth Mm -hmm. And he was doing that before Jimmy Hendrix, you know, uh, on the chitlin circuit, you know, as African-Americans, we like to be entertained.
0: Yes, we do.
1: (laughs) If We are not entertained. We will sit on you. We won't clap. We won't say anything. Mm -hmm. We want to be entertained. So on the chitlin circuit, you had to entertain or they would, it it wouldn't be good. Let me say that. (laughs) So all of that comes from back then. Um, and just a lot of the styles. Stevie Ray Vaughan, mm-hmm. great guitar player. Yes, he's one of his biggest influences. Was was Albert King. Now, growing up, I wasn't privy to that, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of older gentlemen blues players. When I would play Stevie Ray Vaughan or some of these other artists, they would, they would say. That's, that's not the real blues. That's not that's not the real blues. You need to listen to such and such. And I didn't get it. Now I get, I get it. it. But, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan acknowledges, you know, his some of his influences. And Stevie Ray Vaughan is just a, he's, he's a guy here in Texas. Great, great. He was a great, great guitar player.
0: So if you had to pick genres, would you pick blues or rock? They told you, you can only play one thing. Which one would you pick?
1: Lewis rock.
0: <laughs> you can mix it together.
1: <laughs> we're gonna make an amalgamation.
0: <laughs> I love it. We're gonna create something new. How about that? <laughs> so we first started the call. You talked about your weekend, that it was busy. I think when we were scheduling this, we were trying to schedule. You sent me your schedule, and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> where does he find the time? <laughs> What but, do you do for self-care?
1: Um, as I've gotten a little older, I, I do like to travel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I was fortunate before COVID, I had a chance to go to Paris. And um, there's a, actually there's a great guitar shop in Paris. It's called mm-hmm. Matt's uh, Guitar Shop. And they have some really unique pieces. They had some, they had some pieces from like Lenny Kravitz they had some stuff from ACDC. dc These are actual mm-hmm. guitars that they use on stage. Wow! Uh, uh, from from very uh, various artists. So uh, great, great place to go look and shop and, and try different things. Um, and then Paris is also, of course, it's maybe the fashion capital of the world. Mm-hmm. So
0: it's the I best of both worlds. In, I was in heaven.
1: <laughs> I was in heaven.
0: I love it. So if you. Had to write a book. What would it be about, and what would be the title?
1: Oh, wow. I, I believe
0: everybody has a story to tell.
1: Right. It would be. It would actually probably be just an autobiography. Mm-hmm. Just an autobiography because I've I've got some great stories to tell about just coming up and uh, growing up in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, traveling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what were you going to say?
0: I just said, "Ooh, Texas! I'm Texas kid." Yeah.
1: Oh, growing word. up in Texas, as a as an African American male, you know, I'm just I'm I'm thankful to be here, right? So it's, it's just it. just experiencing uh, uh, the church life, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the jazz life, uh, the rock life. I I didn't mention this, but I, I was uh, I played with a rock band mm-hmm. for about was it maybe two years or a year. The band was called Six Foot Five. I was playing bass. Mm-hmm. That was that was a great experience. It was a great experience, and the guys in the band they, they would always ask me because they would they didn't see me drink or mess around, whatever they were doing, and they would always ask me, "Well, hey man, what what's your what's your thing? What do you like to do?" Well, what do you mean? We're well, like, "What's your vice?" We know you do something. <laughs> no, I don't I don't mess around. I don't do anything. They were. This was a rock band. I was the yeah. only brother in a rock band. They were they were doing some things. But again, I go back to that foundation because I had that foundation and I had a heads up. I knew what to expect. Uh, and I had the role models uh, in my life. And let me say this, this is not necessarily a bad thing. I had some bad role models. Mm-hmm. That's. It's, I mean, that's real. It's real. Some people
0: teach you what not to do.
1: And that's what happened. Mm -hmm. I saw what not to do. Mm -hmm. And that helped me also because I saw what not to do.
0: Okay. So you've talked a little bit about mentorship. So I want to wrap up a little bit with this question. What advice would you give to young people or anyone who wanted to be a full-time musician or break into the music business?
1: I'm going to give you the old school perspective because that's, the perspective that I have. Uh, the expectation was you will go to college, and you will finish college. Uh, I stopped going to college. And that's when I was playing that rock band. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would see my grandmother pretty much every day, back in the day. This is when I dropped out every time I saw her. the First thing out of her mouth, baby, when you going back to school, I hated even going over her house. <laughs> but you know what? She knew what was best. Mm-hmm. Um, that old school mentality, you need something to fall back on. Mm-hmm. But I've heard people say, if you don't focus on your main thing, you won't give it 100%, something of that to that effect. Um, but I do think, this is for me, you do need to have balance.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, you um, sometimes in music it can be cutthroat you may have a, 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 an artist you're working with and they want to bring somebody in they want to bring their friend in uh, they get a, a new uh, music director and they want to bring their crew in, their entourage their, their person, their boy their, their girl, whoever you're out the door they, mo- they may want to bring somebody in at a, at a lower rate mm-hmm. you're out the door uh I've had people walk up to me and say, I just don't like you. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, I'm dead serious. I don't like you. I just don't like you. You didn't do anything to them for whatever reason. So, you don't. you you may not be given a reason why they let you go. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? You can't stay at home with your mama. Forever. You can't stay with mama. Um, you need your own transportation. Mm-hmm. You need to be a man. You need to be a woman. Whatever you want to be, you, you have to be able to stand on your own two feet. Um, I bought my first house when I was uh, 24, 25. Mm-hmm. But that was after seeing bad examples growing up. But I knew I needed to make that investment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But to do that, I needed some stability. You know, I'm a, I'm going to be honest with you. I'll say this there are a lot of people who can play guitar. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's a lot of great guitar players, a lot of great bass players, a lot of people who can sing. And, you know, a lot of it is opportunity um, and being at the right place at the right time,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, being humble, and first and foremost, staying in your lane. (laughs) Not everybody can play with everybody. It, It says something that you're able to play with different people, different artists, um, uh, and different genres of music. I had an event this past week. Um, I got a phone call to play with Freddie Jones. Freddie mm-hmm. Jones is a, a jazz trumpet player, great player. Um, so, but you have to shift your your thought process. And then maybe the next night, I'm doing some rock music. You never know. Um, but I, I think you, You do need something to fall back on. Um, because what what happens if something happens with your nine to five job and then you have music, you can do that. Yeah. Something happens with your music, you can do your nine to five job. You know, if you can do both, you have the best of both worlds. I love it. I I think that's I'm gonna be honest with you, I think that's why I'm so happy. Because
0: you have the best of both worlds.
1: I have the best of, of Free worlds.
0: World.
1: <laughs> Free worlds, yes, with the church.
0: Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for doing this for me. I really appreciate it because <laughs> you could have said no. I don't know that girl. <laughs> but yeah. I, I thank you. This was so enlightening. I learned a lot. And I appreciate you for doing this. Where can people find you in the band?
1: Um, we have a, a website, uh, naturalchangeband.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're on Facebook. Um, naturalchangeband.com i'm on facebook and instagram rob abs facebook and instagram is two b's and rob r-o-b-b space and then a-b-b-s
0: i loved it all right well thank you for joining me and i appreciate you
1: okay my pleasure god bless you
0: thank you That's it, everybody. Thanks for listening. Remember, follow me on social media. You can find me on Facebook at Everybody's Home Girl or Instagram at Everybody's Home Girl 11. You can also visit my website at www.Everybody'sHomeGirl.com or shoot me an email and let me know what you think of the show. You can send your emails to homegirlpod at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe, share with a friend or give me a five star rating. As a matter of fact, text a couple of friends right now and share this episode with them. Remember, thanks and have a great day.